Hi yogis, welcome back to another episode of uh, Run Yogi Diaries. This is your host Santosh Shiva. I hope you had a wonderful week and you also got some time to play, swim, bike, run, whatever is your thing. Every week I bring you conversations with people who are on a journey of well-being and endurance. I hope they spark some possibility in you, leave you with some tips and perhaps some inspiration to perspire. In the house today is a 18-time Ironman, an Ultraman, triathlon coach, race director, an incredible athlete overall. My first triathlon this year was a race he put together. One could see the passion and attention to detail. I just loved it. That got me curious to learn about his amazing journey. We get behind the scenes on how it all began for him and uh, how it became a central theme in his life. What's been changing in his journey as he scaled as a triathlete. Hope you enjoy and learn a few from this conversation. Let's welcome Ben Proko. Hey Ben, welcome to Run Yogi Diaries. Hey, it's great to, great to see you here. It's a pleasure having you. Uh, met you as a race director. You you were the you were the guy who got me my first triathlon. So thank you for that. <laughs> Always an honor. Uh, <laughs> great great race for whoever is listening. And of course, you have a, such an impressive resume of uh, of endurance sports. So we we have a lot to learn and dig into that. But before that, let me kind of have you do a quick personal introduction, and then we'll jump in. All right. Well, my name is Ben Proko. Um, ben coaching for about 15 years and putting on races uh, myself for about five years. I, I live um, a little bit outside of the Houston area, about 40, 50 miles in a, a town called Brenham, a little bit hillier, uh, just uh, just nice to be able to do biking and running out here. But yeah, and um, my normal everyday trade is I'm, I'm an elementary music teacher. So I teach K through five students when I'm not doing uh, triathlons. You're a talented man, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> music and sports and athletics. Uh, well, you're gifted, I guess. So awesome. Uh, and uh, okay. all right. So, you know, uh, but here we are to talk about your uh, endurance journey. And uh, maybe we should do a bit of a flashback and um, rewind a little bit and go back to where it all started. Like what got you started in the first place? Oh, I, I remember um, I was in my first semester at U of H and, uh, you know, I, you know, you, you go and you get a co- you get to college and I was only taking 13 hours and it was like, I remember stepping on the scale a little bit and I, I know this seems like so minor, but I'd, I'd gained like five pounds and I was like, man, that's too much. I need to, I need to go do something. I'll start. And so the second semester I started going to the gym more and the crazy thing is I was actually taking 22 hours my second semester there. I mean, I just stayed crazy busy. Uh, didn't have all the marching band and stuff. That was kind of one of the reasons I kept an easy load. And I was like, you know, I need something to shoot for. I did sports in high school. You know, I played, you know, a little bit of football, a little bit of baseball, some soccer. But I, I, needed, so- I needed a goal, a reason to do something. And then I just remember, like, it wasn't even Google back. I was using like AltaVista or something, search engine, just look up for Ironman. And the race that came up was actually Lake Placid, but it was full. And I was like, well, okay, there's this half Ironman in Lubbock. I was like, I, I guess I could do half. I didn't even know what the distances really were. And, uh, you know, started looking it up and, you know, swim 1.2 miles, bike 56 and run 13.1. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I can do that. Just, uh, and I really just did, I was doing elliptical more, most of the time. I didn't even own a bike then. And I knew I could swim a mile. I swam a mile in Boy Scouts. I wasn't a swim team or anything, but I knew I was like, hey, I can side stroke this thing. And I ended up going and I said, I signed up for it, bought a bike, like maybe a month before, had to borrow a, had borrowed a helmet and, uh, you know, showed up there and just got absolutely obliterated. I remember starting to swim and it was just absolutely brutal. The start 
I uh, wasn't used to that. And then this was in Lubbock where you'd consider it being flat. And there was eight challenging mm-hmm. hills. Uh, I didn't even realize until wow. years later that I looked at my, one of my pictures and I didn't even have a water bottle cage, meaning I didn't take any water out on the bike. I must've only been drinking it at the aid stations. Like I can't remember a lot of things about it. I'm usually pretty detailed, but I think my mind blocked a lot of those. And I remember looking at my watch on the run be like, Hey, I, man, I got to finish in eight hours. Cause the cutoff time for a half Ironman, they were called half Ironman back then. They weren't even called 70.3. Mm-hmm was eight hours. I think it's eight 30 mm-hmm. now. And I'm looking and I'm like, man, I got to keep on, I got to walk like a 14 minute mile or something like I couldn't run. My, my knees were shot. Everything was just torn up. And I ended up finishing. And this is the only race time I can pretty much tell you to the second is I finished seven hours, 59 minutes and 20 seconds. And again, it wasn't wow. like till almost a decade wow. later that I looked back and I'm like, technically I got last place. I was the last official finisher. No clue. And this is like, so I can say I got last at a race. Um, I just had no clue that I was even, I just remember finishing and I remember saying, I'm going to come back and do this. As I was like beat up in the car, my dad's driving me home, who was worried to death because they're like cleaning up the aid stations and I'm still out there. Um, you know, the tracking wasn't like it was now. You couldn't just pull up. This is in 2001. So you mm-hmm. didn't just pull up like your iPhone and look to see where mm-hmm. things was. There wasn't even like, I don't even think there was cell phone uh, reception down in this canyon. So it was a pretty memorable memorable event. Um, knees hurt for probably like four months. But I said, hey, I'm coming back and I'm doing this. And, uh, you know, I, I went back to that. I've done that race like 17 or 18 times now out in Lubbock. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's epic. So what got you to pick a triathlon in the first go i mean uh, that's very unusual i mean people usually start either with cycling or swimming or running one of those but you seem to have jumped into a triathlon on uh, uh, you know how, how did that happen did somebody influence you for that or how did that happen it it must have just been like the the search engine cuz no one no one i knew had even done a triathlon mm. like it just, maybe for some reason, okay. Ironman, I, I don't know if this is, I, I say, I can't even remember why I searched it. I just remember doing it. I remember where I was when I searched it, but I just, <clears throat> I, I don't know. There was no other inspiration really. I say, maybe I watched Ironman hmm. a little bit that year, but I, I, I honestly <laughs> can't remember uh, doing that. I just remember searching. I was like, what's like a hard thing I could do? And I just thought Ironman and, uh, I say, you know, doing that one was, was enough right there, uh, to know I I don't need to do anything longer for a long time. Um, that, and there's no way I could afford it. I mean, just doing this little, you know, 70.3 in Lubbock cost me enough. I was on a $150 Academy road bike. Um, the tires ended up being flat when I came back. So it probably was, it was done with that as well. But, but yeah, that's, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. No, there was no person, no one else had even known. They were like, what'd you do? Um, mm-hmm. Like, it really wasn't known back then. I was, I, you know, what was going on in my mind is maybe you, you were reading too many Marvel comics those days. That... <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even really know about that guy either. Like, it, it was just weird. I, 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 I wish yeah, I could yeah. almost, I wish I could actually know the answer to that question. Because, yeah, I, it just, Iron Man just came yeah, yeah. up as, as something, so. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Great. So um, you started with the bang, obviously. So, you know, with many people, it's a very gradual, uh, you know, build up to something like a half iron or iron. So you started with the bang. And then what happened? Did you just decide to do a full iron right then? Or what happened next? Well, I started doing that one each year. So I did that in 2002. I did Mm. Buffalo Springs again. I couldn't do it in 2003 because I was in a a drum and bugle corps, uh, probably doing the most, the closest thing to like military, uh, where you'd practice 12 hours a day, travel around the country. Uh, and that was just playing like a, you know, a marching band show, but it's a drum and bugle corps. It's honestly one of the hardest things I've done, just that you're just a, almost tired all the time. And you're practicing like literally 24 seven, uh, to perfect this show over three months. 
um, everything is taken care of you, but I didn't do it that year and then came back, did it in 2004. And then that's, I'd graduated college and I was like, man, I got to look for other events to do. And I, I saw that there's actually sprint triathlons and it was only just kind of through word of mouth. I mean, I say 2004, you're still internet's not big, big. I mean, it's taking time to do anything hmm. on like, still you're sending in forms by mail half the time. And, uh, you know, I did my first sprint triathlon, the Cinco Ranch triathlon. And I was like, this is awesome. It was on, and it was like a longer sprint, like an 800 meter swim, 20 mile bike and five mile run. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm done in like under six hours. Cause before then I was still finishing in like seven hours. I was ecstatic the second time at Lubbock when I got seven hours and some odd seconds, I was like, sweet. I took an hour off my time. Um, and then once I graduated college, I really, uh, I really started kicking it up, doing more triathlons because I was doing more like intramural sports in college. And I was like, Hey, I can kind of do this on my own time. Prac um, you know, swim, bike or run with a schedule that works for me. You don't have to like meet a team or anything. So that's kind of how that, that's when I really started was 2004. And just, I'd sometimes after that, I was doing close to like eight to 10 tries a year. Wow. <laughs> And fast forward now, I was looking at your resume, you've done like 200 plus, uh, you know, multi-sport events, uh, uh, and you've done 18 Ironmans, you've done Ultraman. So how did that like happen uh, in the sense that uh, 10 events a year, uh, a job, um, what, what, what was behind it? What, what was giving you the kick to keep building on it? Uh, I enjoyed it. I was getting faster for a while. I was watching my times improve and, you know, I'd figure out different things. Uh, like in 2007, uh, I became a coach and I was learning a lot about like blood lactate testing. And then finally 2008, well, this is 2007. I decided, you know, me and a friend, it was like, Hey, let's sign up for Ironman Arizona. It was funny cause I ended up not signing up for it. And, you know, I was ready to click the button to sign up. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't sure if I was ready, just, but then again, I, I really was, it was just a matter of like taking that next step and took that on in 2008. And really what kept it going was just a steady, uh, I was just doing one a year. I mean, it was a lot with the travel and everything. And I was almost going to, I was so close to taking a break. Um, cause 2010 I was, so 2008 was the first one, just epic experience. Just, you know, just the first time is just amazing. Uh, no matter, no matter what your path is. And then the second time I had to push really hard to get a PR and that really mentally drained me. Third time I was like, uh, I really don't know if I want to do this anymore. And then all of a sudden Ironman Texas opens up and it's like right in our backyard. So then I started doing that. Um, and then they opened up the legacy, the Ironman legacy. And I was like, you know what, I'll try to qualify for Hawaii. And I was just, I just never had that, that race, like I might've had close to the fitness, but the times were dropping. It used to be 10 hours. would get you in, in my age group. Then it starts going nine 45, nine 30. And then it was getting down to where you almost had a nine, a nine 15 to qualify. Um, you know, you're almost bordering close to low level pro qualifying times at that, but they had the legacy. And I was like, you know what? I can do that. So I started looking for more races to do so I could just get there a little bit quicker uh, had 11, 11 week span where I did four Ironman races between did Texas, Ironman Coeur d'Alene, Ironman Boulder, and then after, or sorry, Ironman Lake Placid. And then in the next weekend, Ironman Boulder. So I did back-to-back -back weekends and that was 2014. And uh, I say that kind of, that was getting me set up so I could kind of realize that dream of going to Hawaii. Cause even, uh, back then, uh, that first half Ironman I did, they actually had slots to the Ironman World Championship, you could qualify for Hawaii at a 70.3 distance. And I say it just never came out for that, but I was like, you know, I'd really like to go there once. Um, and, and I finally did get to do that in uh, 2017. So, uh, you know, you said um, you were getting better, you're getting faster. Obviously, you were enjoying it. Uh, what was in your, like, from a perspective of people who are listening to this uh what in your opinion was key to getting you faster what were you changing was it was it 
training strategies? Was there any specific you want to, you can talk about that helped you get better at it? Man, it was just really a little bit of, of everything. There's, there's a lot of different things that it's, I would say the first thing was just being consistent. Um, just being mm-hmm. consistent with a training, not, not that there had to be any like special mega session, um, but consistency. And then if I were to tell, like when I, when I do talk to people like about coaching just in general, I say a lot of times too many people do things that are like, they're hard is too easy and they're easy is too hard. So this is hard. This is easy. And really it should be like mm. this. Your hard needs to be hard and then you're easy. A lot of people don't take their easy mm. workouts easy. Like you should be able to have a conversation on your easy workouts. If you're, if you can't, you're going too hard. And when I really figured that out and that was a little bit earlier on, um, again, I had someone before I became a coach, I had someone I'd go to for blood lactate testing. And that was essentially what it came down to. I was, I was always going in that middle section where hard was here, easy was here. And then, so that's just probably the biggest thing that I would say, if there were like a couple takeaways on it, like be consistent, um, Mm -hmm. and then make your hards hard, your easies easy. And that'll get you a lot of the, you know, a lot of gains right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were doing this when you were pretty young. And uh, what about social life? Did, did, this, did you have time to do stuff young people do? Because there's a lot of, lot of training that you were probably doing at this point in time, right? Yeah. And honestly, it's one of the things I kind of regret a little bit. Um, you know, I'd, I wouldn't stay out mm-hmm. late with my friends because I'm like, oh, I got to do a three hour <laughs> bike. And now looking back, I was like, no, I didn't. You know, I, I've done fine on very little and that's where that key, like consistency, there's no like make or break workout. Mm-hmm. So as I, you know, I, I used to not stay up late. I used to go to bed by like eight 30. Um, and I say, I, that's where I, there is a little bit of regret knowing that like, Hey, I, I could have made time for this or, or that. And it is a little bit easier now. There's so much more technology now, like the smart trainers mm-hmm. that you can put your bike on just, I was like, man, if this would have been around in mm-hmm. 2004, 2000, oh, this would have been so much easier for me to hop on the bike because really the only time I'd bike was be outside. So like when it would come around this time of year, I, I'd barely get out and bike because I just, there, there'd be so little daylight. Um, so yeah, I, I get right there. I would say there was a little bit more regrets and I learned, uh, I kind of started learning to balance that a little bit more. And that was back when I still had time, you know, I was, I was single, had a lot of time, but I say I, I there's times I regretted just mm-hmm. not uh not hanging out with my friends or you know going to a University of Houston football game or something I was like man I should have just I should have just went there and then I could have made time <laughs> um and I say that's even going to like just kind of how my thoughts are now um going back but again goes back to consistency just being consistent don't take just mega long breaks if you need to take a break here or there mm-hmm. that's fine but uh, cool so uh so moving forward, coming back to your journey itself, you know, so you've been, you you started doing these, you know, 10, whatever, 10, 15 events a year. You've gone on to Ironman, the Ironman wagon. You started doing that. And um, and then you also went on to do the Ultraman, right? Uh, uh, at yes. some point. When was that? I did the Ultraman in uh, 2015. So I'd come off those four Ironman races the, the and the two back-to-back ones. And... I, I knew I was going to get into the legacy, uh, which the legacy program to go to Ironman. I was hitting that in tw- 2015 as well. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to qualify for the legacy, but even like Ironman Boulder was my last one. And I, I put a lot of training in for that because I was like, you know what? I'd still like to just qualify with a time. And I really went for it. And it was funny. It was the first race I ever got a flat on. First, I mean, over a hundred tries and I never had a flat. And then here I get a flat a uh, hundred miles into Ironman Boulder. Um, I was impressed. I was proud of myself. I changed it in five minutes, a rear tire. Uh, and then I freaked out a little wow. bit because I filled it up with CO2, which is, you know, cold condensed air and it was burning hot that day. And I was like, man, did I overinflate that thing? It's going to completely blow out. But uh, this is where I, I, you know, I, you know, had a little issue. I decided, uh, I saw that I could still finish the bike in five hours. So I pushed those last 10 miles a little bit, which was a huge mistake. 
get out and around 10 miles on the run, I'm like, man, I, I, this isn't my day. It's not a day I'm going to qualify. I'm dropping back way too much. And then I thought, you know what? There's that Ultraman. I put in all this time already. Let me just dial it back, get done with this race. You know what? I'm going to train for that. Um, that's in about six weeks. And I ended up doing that. Didn't really put much more in, um, training wise. I knew I had to be prepared for, uh, for those who don't know an, um, the Ultraman, it's a, it's a three-day triathlon where on day one, you swim a 10K and then bike 92 miles. So you're almost doing an Ironman bike, just minus about 20 miles on it. And then day two is a 172-mile bike. And then day three is a double marathon. So 52 point mm. whatever um, miles. And... I got some good training in for that. I swam. I never swam the whole 10K, but I did uh, where I did a couple 5K swims like in one day. That's just how the pool wasn't open long enough. So I'd swim 5K in the morning, 5K in the afternoon. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And that event was just one of the most memorable events I ever had. I thought it'd be lonely. There was only like 10 of us at the start line. And... I, I thought, man, it's going to be a lonely 10K swim, but you have to have a paddle um, escort. And it was my my mm-hmm. wife and my dad in a canoe, and they did phenomenal. They told you, like, hey, have them. They paddle in a straight line, and then you just sight off them. And it was so awesome because every time I had them on my left side, because that's where I like to breathe, and every time I get to see, like, two people I care about so much every single breath. So it was the the most awesome swim you do an Ironman with 3000 people and you don't know anyone. Like there's just all these people that you're running into Mm -hmm. the whole time. And here it's just constantly seeing, uh, you know, the people I love. And it was funny. I hit my 2.4 miles and I looked and I was like, I just had my fastest Ironman swim right now. I had already beat my time Mm -hmm. and I felt great. And I was, a I was the first one out of the water. I was trying, I, I saw I could almost do it in three hours and just fell, just fell a little bit short. I tried not to chase it. And then, uh, the bike that was a hard, crazy, hard course. It was marble falls and it's hilly. Uh, mm. that first day was pretty brutal. I could tell, uh, being in the arrow position after swimming 10 K was a whole different thing. Um, little training tip here. Everyone says to practice the bike to run. It's called a brick, which is part of the reason we have the name, the brick house, mm-hmm. uh, triathlon. Mm-hmm. Not many people practice okay. the swim to bike and they wonder why mm-hmm. they don't feel good in the arrow position on their bike. Well, go and swim 2.4 miles or swim really hard and hop on your bike and see, you'll notice that arrow position might not feel the same. So I definitely was feeling that. So I made an adjustment. I had a, my crew was my dad, my wife, and then, a a good friend of mine who is a bike mechanic. And I was like, Hey, let's, uh, let's raise hmm. the arrow bars up about an, like an inch. I have to do 172 miles on this thing. There's no way I'm going to stay in arrow the whole time. And, uh, second day was just epic and hard. There was, it's hilly, some rough chip and seal roads, and there was 80 cattle guard crossings that, I had to make wow. over and there was actually several uh, low spots where water was running across. And, uh, I, I ended up winning that day as well. And I had an hour lead on the second place person. And, but I, I was feeling it that day. Like my stomach had like started turning up. Um, my wife was keeping track of every calorie and I made again, a mistake. I was like, I'm going to bank a few calories shouldn't have done that. Cause around mile, like 120 or something, my stomach's getting gurgly and it took all night for like that to settle back down. And, and then on the run, um, there was one guy, he'd done several Ultraman races and he was a very good runner and he took off and I was like, I'm going to stick to my goal. And halfway it was looking okay, but right around mile 30, 32, it was just, it was pretty much I told my team, I was like, Hey, I got to walk like for a good amount. Like I've never ran this far. I'd ran already, um, eight miles farther than I ever had. I was like, I got to walk for a while. And I just kind of watched it. 
watched that lead slip away. He went and finished and he put a phenomenal run, uh, you know, a double marathon and finishing it. And I think under nine hours mm-hmm. on a hill, like crazy hilly course. Um, you know, it, it was just such an epic event. And, um, I almost missed, I almost got a, uh, a DNF because if you don't finish any of those days in 12 hours, you get a DNF. And here I was sitting in mm-hmm. first and I still had to finish that last day in 12 hours. And it was getting closer to like 11 mm-hmm. hours. And I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta walk it. And I finished. It was, I, I had never been so tired. You know, like my legs, my legs didn't work <laughs> for at least three weeks, like three weeks. I did a, a sprint try later and I could still feel it. Like my legs were just so tired on a run. Um, it is wow. definitely something and it'll exploit your weakness. Like if you're not a good swimmer on like, uh, the iron man where mm-hmm. you can bank time, just like I did this last race, I was able to bank time with my swim and bike because I, I was still decent at mm-hmm. swimming with a technique and a bike. I could still, uh, I just have enough speed that I could walk the whole marathon and I still finish with a couple hours to spare. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in Ultraman because of them being separate. If you have a big weakness, you're mm-hmm. not going to make that day's cutoff. If you can't swim well enough, you're not going to have enough time to finish uh, the bike. So I really liked it. And just the team aspect, it felt more like, you know, like I was a NASCAR driver mm-hmm. and had this pit crew. Like if anything went wrong, they were going to take care of me. Like I'd spare wheels. Something happens, bam, I got a fresh wheel on here. Um, it just, it felt like, mm-hmm. you know, being in a pro tour or NASCAR type thing. And and uh, you get to be in, uh, do an Ultraman by invitation, correct? You 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 have to qualify. They invite you. It's not like anybody can sign for Ultraman, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, they they're pr- pretty much going to want you there. Um, but yeah, they want it. You like put in something, and and most time you'll get into it. Yeah, but it is by like a qual- invitation, um, and they were just making sure that you could kind of do respectable at the event. That's why they ask for a couple, like an Ironman finish under 14 hours, which technically now I wouldn't have. And that's why I was saying like my 1459 finish, I'm telling you, I, I can't, there's no way I could do an Ultraman right now. There's just, I, I know I couldn't. So yeah, they have that. And I would love to do uh, the world sometime, but that's like, you know, you're talking about like, again, if we're already going to the future. Like that's more like five or 10 year type thing after the kids get, if I, if I were to go that route again. Yeah. And um, in terms of how you make decisions, right? Uh, you, you know, do you, are you someone who's very impulsive about these things saying, you know, somebody says Ultraman you say, yeah, I want to do it. And then you figure out how to get it done. Or are you someone who kind of envisions this and says, oh, yeah, I want to get to Ultraman one day and I want to keep doing this. Uh, so how did you make these decisions about about scaling your your endurance journey? Uh, well, the Ultraman, uh, it was funny. It came back to Lubbock. I was racing there again and someone mentioned it, um, that I was sitting in a pre-race meeting too. And she's like, oh yeah, there's an Ultraman in Texas. And I went and looked it up. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's doable. It'd be a nice challenge. Um, you know, now I say then it was, it was kind of haphazard whim, but then I'd figure out how to like, I I wasn't planning on doing it. And then here it was like, okay, I, I got this fitness this huge base of fitness. Let me go and do this. You never know when it might come up again. It worked with, uh, the family and everything at the, I mean, uh, I didn't have any kids at that time. Uh, but it, it worked out well to, to do that. Uh, I mean, just to kind of go back to my first, uh, like as much as the, uh, first Ironman or the first race I ever did was kind of something, uh, the first marathon was even a more ridiculous story that my dad's Saturday morning, my dad's looking newspaper, in January. And he's like, Oh, Hey, there's the Houston half marathon. And this was like two, I've done Lubbock two years. And I was like, Oh, half marathon. No, I'll just do the full. And I go down to drive down to the George R. Brown convention mm-hmm. center, sign up because I was playing in the U of H basketball band. And on my, so just on my way to the game, I go and sign up for the race. That's tomorrow morning. Like only doing like my general, like just workout routine. I'm like, yeah, I'll just run a marathon. Totally like, uh, like how I met your mother, like step one, you start running. Um, and I mean, I even, after that basketball game, I even played a pickup basketball game with, uh, with the band members for like an hour. I was like, okay, I'll go do a marathon tomorrow. And you can just imagine how, uh, how painful that was, uh, 
started off and I was like, this isn't too bad. You know, this is a lot easier than having a 56 mile bike before it. And then right at like mile 18 or something, it felt like a shark had bit my hamstring. It was just so, uh, so tight, so painful. Uh, but I think I ended up finishing four hours and 30 minutes. And I think just the naivety to it, like not really knowing what to expect was what, what made that kind of a unique event. But yeah, some of the things were just straight. That was like just that straight like whim. I would say now I plan things out much more like going into it uh, mm. just because I don't want to tear my body. Because it probably it wasn't good for my body. I mean, my knees were shot again for mm. for weeks, just not training for it, not having really endurance background at that point. I mean, back then I was only throwing down like a seven hour half Ironman. I wasn't an endurance person by any means. So I I would say I I plan these things out much more, but I mean, I guess it's kind of a cool story when you look back, like just signing up 12 hours before a race or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, pain talking about pain right you've de- you've done uh, such big events you've you've put yourself out there uh, some well trained some not so well trained you've done ironmans in different terrains you know you said boulder boulder must have been very hilly you don't you live in texas not the most hilliest or mountainous regions in the world so how do you deal with the low points in these races do, do you at all do you ever deal with it at all like pain caves and that kind of stuff what have you uh- have you come up with some kind of a strategy? You got to find something that motivates you. Um, I say there's mm-hmm. always with an Ironman, with a well, with any long race, you're going to have highs and lows. Um, mm-hmm. And with the highs, you just want to make sure you keep yourself in check and not like think you're like Superman all of a sudden because then you're going to have to pay for it later. But the lows is just managing mm-hmm. it. Um, and every time there's different, the lows are different every time, whether I'm, like having a race where it's my best PR race, there's still, there's lows to it, but the lows are different just as opposed to like this last one I did where it was almost like, why am I even here kind of thing? It's like, oh, I'd just rather be done. <laughs> uh, I just, the finish line is right there. And I, why, why do two more laps on the run and spend, like I'm already looking at the time and that's mm-hmm. almost a bad thing. Like, oh, this lap took two and a half hours and I got two more to go. That's five hours of just walking um, so you have to find out what kind of, what motivates you. Sometimes I, you know, think about kids. I mean, I, I remember thinking about at that race, I was like, man, my daughter's birthday's tomorrow. Okay. That's something to look forward to. And it kind of takes your mind mm. off of it. Usually I've had people to walk with and stuff, but with this, uh, or even jog with, but I just couldn't even jog. And, uh, th- there was a huge turnout, but yeah, just finding something to motivate you and, and a reason why. And the biggest question I always ask myself is am I going to have any regrets about this when I look back? Mm. Am I going to regret that I slowed down? And sometimes I'll say, no, I'm not. I, I don't mind walking right now. I'm not going to regret mm. this one bit. Uh, it's kind of one, one of the reasons I also like sprint tries because there's even like, there's not really lows on like shorter distance races, but there's times where you're going to have to dig so deep that it's just incredibly painful Uh you know, there, I, it just comes to mind a duathlon. Uh, I, I was hanging on. This guy outran me on the first run by just a little bit, and then he was ahead of me on the bike. I outtransitioned him, and then he passed me on the bike. And he was a very strong biker. And I was like, "Just stay with him. Just stay with him." There was no one else even behind us. It was us two, and just do everything you can to stay with him. And then I get off the bike, and I'm already tired, and we still have two more miles. And I was like, "Okay, just stay with him. Do everything you can to stay with him." He's a little bit older than you. Um, you can probably out sprint him if anything comes down to it. And I hung on and I'm, it was a windy day too. And I ended up getting behind him just to draft off him on the run and came down. We came around the corner and I took off and ended up out sprinting him. And it was just, uh, just to give you an idea how, how hard I were. I mean, I just kind of went to the side and lay down and the next day, my eyes were just bloodshot just because of the the effort I'd put mm. in. And again, this is just all short term. This is only, you know, 10, 20 minutes of just suffering. It's it, But it's a different mm. suffering than than Ironman. And, and you have to put yourself in different places. Like there's endure, long distance, you know, eight hours suffering. And then there's, 
you know, this one hour suffering. Some people like the longer suffering. They don't want to do sprint tries. I'm kind of the opposite. I like mm-hmm. the, the short, um, get it done with kind of mm-hmm. suffering, but again, find what motivates you. And I say, ask that one question. Are you going to have any regrets with whatever choice you make? And sometimes mm-hmm. that's enough motivation. Like, you know what? I'm going to regret if I, if I would have let that guy go, I don't want to question Could I have beat him? Was this going to be enough? Mm-hmm. And you know, that time it worked out and honestly, I'd remember it probably just as well if I wouldn't have beat him, but I would have, I'd still have no regrets on it. Mm-hmm. Terrific. And of the 17 or 18 Ironmans you've done, the Ultramans you've done, uh, is there anything that stands out as one of your uh, most uh, favorite ones uh, along among them? Something that you, I mean, first one, of course, you said was extremely memorable, but oh, yeah. any, any others? Yeah, I got, I got one. You would think a lot of people would think it'd be Hawaii, which, which was of course for its own, own reason, but you know, there wasn't really, other than being there, there wasn't too much more about it. I mean, I would say my most memorable one was Coeur d'Alene. And I remember the day before I I hadn't been training a ton for it. And it it was one my wife was going to do. And I was like, you know what? I have Mm. nothing to prove at this race. I'm just going to, I'm just going to hang out along with her. And so I did the swim and mm-hmm. I waited in transition one for her to finish. And it takes her quite a bit longer to finish than it does me on, on the swim. And we, we hung together the whole time, not like drafting on a bike or anything, but we just stayed within contact. Um, I got to enjoy it. I, I really, I, I really, I, the, the thing is I got to enjoy it. I wasn't racing it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then we went out on the run and she's a good runner. So that, that when we were there, we were actually both working, uh, quite a bit. And it really taught me about getting into the run, not as fatigued. And the crazy thing is, um, I actually sent my run PR at that race that really I hadn't trained for that much, but just going easier on the bike. And the crazier part is since my wife came out of the time, we crossed the finish line together, but I guess I went out of transition Hmm. a step or two ahead of her which gave her a one second faster run split than me. So she actually had a faster run split than me and an Ironman. You know, I'm the one who does them all. And that was just her second one. Um, after she had a DNF, uh, she finished her first one DNF her second one, uh, got a flat and like ran out of water. And when she came in, she was incredibly dehydrated. I was actually with her at Ironman Texas. And then I told her, like I walked with her and she just, it, it, it was more like a medical, like, Hey, it's not going to be good for you to keep on going and you're not going to make the cutoff time anyways. But I would say Coeur d'Alene was just so memorable. The swim was awesome. The bike was hilly. It was a windy day. And then the run and, and our family was there too. We'd made the trip up there. Um, I chose mm-hmm. races to do that worked with my schedule as a teacher. And that was a late June race. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I can drive up there. You know, I just got to pay for the gas to get there. Don't have to ship the bike. Um, and then the community was awesome there. Like there was nothing that was the best out of swim yes. bike runner community or the community, but I would say everything was really good. Like even the community was just so nice there. Like you come with your bike, they, they'll stop, you know, and you get to walk across. Uh, but that, that was probably still the most memorable race for me out of all of them. Like if, I, that's one I wouldn't want them to ever take away from me, mm-hmm. per se. Well, uh, uh, again, Coeur d'Alene, where, where is it again? Which Idaho. W- Idaho. So, okay. Yeah, it's about wow. it's it's a it's a good um nice. 30, 36 hours away. Hmm. Nice, lovely, and it seems like um, you were more relaxed. You 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 enjoyed it. You were with you're with your wife. It seems to be the one that's your most favorite. It's a great takeaway, right? It's a great goal that you just said because everyone is such in rush to go out and compete and do that. And I don't know if everyone is enjoying that. And, you know, just to your point, taking it easy and enjoying the enjoying the experience is such a memorable thing. Uh, that, that's, that's gold in what you just said. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I'm big on – because I'm on that competitive edge um, – <laughs> You know, I was always on that close to, uh, you know, I thought I could qualify kind of thing. I mean, every Ironman I'd signed up for until Hawaii 
I had the dreams of qualifying, like every single one. Even when I signed mm-hmm. up for those four in a row, just the way I'd signed up for them, I still was like, hey, I want to, uh, maybe I can qualify. Um, and that race, I just kind of, you know, it just, there was no no chance of it. And uh, yeah, just made it, it made it a completely different race by having, by just changing that mindset yeah. from a qualification to let's just enjoy the day and, uh, you know, have fun. Yeah, makes sense. And uh, so moving moving forward in your journey, you now also produce a race. You, you direct a race, right? Uh, so what got you into that? Uh, what was the inspiration behind that? Um, well, first, oh, oh, about almost when I started coaching, I did. Uh, I worked with another guy on starting a few races locally. Um, they got really big. They did really well. Um, he was kind of the main person. He did all this stuff. And, uh, but then, you know, we kind of moved on our separate ways and he kept on doing the races. And with this, I'd been watching this venue where we had the, the brick house. And I was like, you know, they have a tough Xterra there. And I'd done an adventure race there back in, I think, 2011. And I was like, this is, okay. this, this is, this has some difficult things here. Why don't we make a more beginner friendly or not as technical? I mean, beginner, I get some fast people there. I have some guys who used to race pro who show up, um, but let's do one that's not so technical so more people can do it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I talked about it for years and I, I'm, I'm bad about kind of talking about ideas and not pulling the trigger. And then finally I just said, Hey, let's, mm-hmm. let's do it. Um, the first one is in 2018. So I guess it was, it might've been filling that void of Ironman. Um, cause honestly putting on a race mm-hmm. is for me about as difficult as doing an Ironman, just, logistically the time you're exhausted it's a long day um you know you get very little sleep but i was like hey let's put on an event that i wanted to put on an event that i would want to do i was like i don't like all this crazy i mean i do mountain biking but i was like "Ah, all this crazy technical stuff i want something like where i can go fast on it and so i took a course that that everyone could do i mean the guy who won our three-hour race did his on a a gravel slash cycle cyclocross bike so that's how untechnical it is. I mean, it has its spots. You've done it, but it's not like crazy mm-hmm. impossible or like these huge drops or anything. It's all very, very manageable and, uh, mm-hmm. and fun to do. But that's, that's kind of how I got into that. And I, my goals as a race director is I would say I'm a racer's race director. I, I put on races that I would mm-hmm. want to do. I, I look at things um, from a little bit different perspective, cause I've done so many races and I've done so many different types of races I've done, um, you know, over a hundred triathlons getting closer to 200, but I've also done like probably at least 50 adventure races and I do more of them, but there just aren't as many around as there are triathlons. So I say between all of them, you know, I'm taking a little bit of everything that I've tried, like things that I've liked things that, you know, kind of have my own personal touch to them and tried to bring it to the mm-hmm. racers. And, uh, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to like compete with Ironman and everything. I'm not doing like huge medals or anything, but I kind of go for the experience. Mm-hmm. I put things on the course that people would remember, like going up that hill off the lake, you know, you're, you're going like straight uphill for a second. That's stuff that people remember. Um, and I said, that's what I, you know, the Ironman things, I remember the times where there's adversity versus like when everything's just going perfect. You don't really remember those. Um, so that's what I kind of look for in my races and trying to bring that to the athletes. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, you do, you do a great job. It was, uh, you know, also, I think these, uh, the thing with races is it's very easy to, uh, displease people, right? Uh, everyone's, <laughs> you know, different states of mind. They've worked hard for the <laughs> event and any small nagging issue, tends to upset people. So it's not easy to put together a race and make sure everybody has a great experience. And I think it's a lot of hard work. So thank you for that. It was a great, great experience. So um, it's not easy. And I had uh, uh, Chris McWaters on the show before and I was talking to him the same thing. Uh, You know, for example, he was talking about a race when you know, the porta parties just didn't show up, <laughs> you know, oh. and that's the worst nightmare for a race director that there's no porta party shows up. Like, man, that's 
So, you know, we uh, we take that for granted as people who participate in races. We take a lot of that for granted. Things work and we're all happy and we go home. But there's a lot mm-hmm. that goes behind. So uh, really, uh, really uh, impressed that you've taken that on. So uh, thank you. And um, you're getting your coaching itself. So you said you've been coaching for a long time, right? 2007 onwards. Um, so is that, I mean, teaching your school schedules, coaching, racing, how do you juggle all of that? What's um, the secret sauce? <laughs> uh, just trying to create balance with everything. Um, mm. Trying not to take on too much. Uh, I love teaching band. I did that for a long time, but, you know, elementary music gave me a little bit more time to, to, to balance all that. And like I was telling you before we start, I, I've had a wrench thrown in this year with our with our buses. We've had a like our school district has 130 uh, bus shortages, like uh, driver shortage. They're short that many drivers. So sometimes I'll be, you know, 15 mm. minutes late. Other times I'll be almost 45 minutes late, and that really uh, threw a wrench in my like my personal training. Um, I'll always put others ahead of me, mm. and that's why even though like training for the Ironman. I didn't get the training in because I had like leading up to the race. I didn't work out for 10 days just because I was trying to finalize everything on the race. And, you know, small races, like, mm-hmm. you know, you said Chris McWaters and stuff. Uh, we, we might have people that help us out, but we're not, I say, we're not like some of these major races where you got everything. I mean, mm-hmm. we're doing a lot of the stuff like ordering porta potties and making sure the mm-hmm. medic is there. Um, and that's actually probably my biggest porta potty is a big one, but I would say the medic is number one. Mm. Um, cause people can find a way to go to the bathroom, honestly, but if, if something happens and you can't get help to them, uh, that, so that would be, my, that's always my biggest fear because the first race I did, I had, uh, the medic call in at 7 PM that they had the flu and couldn't make it. And it was also a night we were mm. getting like seven inches of rain. This is my first race ever uh the dirt in your shoe do and uh like i'm calling everywhere trying to find someone to come out there and i was like you know what i can go with weather i can do with this but i can't have the race if i don't have a medic there Mm. and uh i remember uh ron who does uh who's a race director for the cypress triathlon you know he stepped up and he he found me someone so i give this guy a call uh, but yeah, there's just a lot of stresses and even as well as you can plan. I mean, I get better and better at planning them and getting more prepared, but it's like, there's always something thrown in there and you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of exciting. I mean, I've even been fortunate to where when I've got everything set, I've been able to kind of participate in my own races. Uh, I, I did that in a duathlon. Everything was like really set and got to go out there and you know, if I need to pull out to go do something, that's fine. But I mean, I kind of got to enjoy it with everyone else. And again, I like to see it from the racer's perspective um, and, and see how that goes. But yeah, juggling everything is always, uh, it's always a challenge. And uh, that's why I really stick to only like two races. I try to not take on more, especially when other people are going to suffer with it. If it's me suffering, I don't care. Um, but I don't want other people... Mm-hmm. To, to suffer because of my lack of planning and lack of having time. So, you know, things I got to take care of, you know, my wife, my kids, and, uh, you know, my athletes, I coach in the, the races. And of course, uh, yep. you know, I, I, I work hard at school. I try not, I, I rarely miss days. Um, an interesting note that mm-hmm. I've done 18 Ironman races and I'm actually, I've only missed four of those races, 17 and a half days. Those are the only, that's the number of days I've taken off to do the races. I try to time them to where I, I rarely have to take off work. And for me, it's not work. Um, you know, being an elementary teacher, that's kind of, that is kind of another family for me. Uh, I want to feel like I'm there for them. And I just think that's important in that, uh, that field. Yep. Makes sense. And, uh, what you do hopefully also inspires the kids because, uh, Hey, we, we are asking kids to lead an active lifestyle and here's a teacher who's doing all this. Hey, look at it and get inspired, right? <laughs> yeah, I try to lead by example. I think that's the best way to to go, whether it's uh, I'm like, hey, you can do music and you can be physically active. Um, and I even try to like inspire the teachers. Uh, 
you know, you, you said earlier, you know, gifted, uh, you know, me being gifted. And I, I feel like I'm just so far from that because I, I really feel like I'm average. Like I got really good at playing the trumpet. But then when I went to college, I found out there's a lot of people better. There's people who can practice half as much as me and they're twice as good. I mean, I got to see what like talent was or someone who had perfect pitch who could just name a note out of the blue, which is just a crazy thing to see. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, even with, uh, you know, Ironman, this racing, there's always, I, you know, I see these young guys come up that were my age when they start and they, they blow the socks off me. They do a few races and, mm-hmm. you know, they're able to run a 5:30 pace off the bike for a sprint try. So I, you know, I've, I feel like everything that I've got has been with, with a lot of hard work. And, uh, I mean, I guess if I was gifted in one thing, it's just like perseverance, like being able to push through and not give up on anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, mm-hmm. uh, you gotta teach a work ethic. And that's what I tell my kids like, Hey, if you, you know, be nice to people and work hard, that's really, that'll get you so far in mm-hmm. life. Yep. Makes sense. So, um, what next for you? Where are you headed uh, with 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 regards to your in, endurance and fitness? Um, I've been pushing it a lot more to doing, uh, getting a lot more in the strength routine routines again, uh, lifting weights more mm-hmm. because I felt like I was in my best shape right before I started doing Ironman racing. Like I was out of college, I was very strong but didn't have a lot of endurance. And then there was a, mm. there was a point where it was kind of shifting through where I could kind of do both, both. I'd go out and play a flag football game and then go and do a half Ironman. And I was like, you know what? That was my best shape. Even though I didn't get the fastest half Ironman time, I think I was finishing like six hours back then. I felt like I was in the best shape. Like I could do anything. I'd go play a softball game if I wanted to and not worry about just blowing up. So I kind of want to get back to that. So my priority workouts are my lifting mm. workouts which the great thing with those is I can do a set lifting and then do something with the kids, do something out and go back to another lifting set, do some dishes, go like it, it leaves so much time as opposed to like, okay, I got to do an hour bike, which it means I have to sit up in the attic for an hour, or, um, go outside for an hour, which I love to do, but it's an hour dedicated time that I have to be away to, to be able to do it. So mm-hmm. the lifting is really, uh, been key and then taking care of like the little things, uh, like doing a little bit more yoga and core, like core and flexibility type stuff. Because, you know, just as you get older and especially with my longer drive, uh, you know, I've started to have some hip things pop up here and there. So it's like, I got to take care of those things. And it doesn't take long. It's just setting aside those five or 10 minutes, you know, after the kids go to the bed and uh, taking care of that. So I'm, I'm trying to go for like a more all round approach. And I still plan to race. Uh, I enjoy it. Uh, I just have to know that I'm not going to be as fast. Uh, like my sprint try times have come down mm-hmm. seven, eight minutes. Like I'm not, I'm not competing for the podium like I used to. And I'm fine with that. I get out there, have fun, um, mm-hmm. you know, shake hands with the guys who beat me, put a good race. Uh, and that's what it's about. I, I, I still plan to do, especially the shorter mm-hmm. stuff, just, just as much with what fits in my schedule. Yeah. I'm not going to shy away because I'm not in my best fitness. I feel like that would be, I'm not going to be, I don't plan to be there for, for a while again. Um, but I don't want to stop doing things Mm -hmm. again. That was my motivation. Remember I said, I wanted to, to make me work out. That's when I signed up for that half Ironman. That's what I need. I need to have events on the the calendar and it says, Hey, I know you're tired, but get that workout in, do what you need to do, make time for it. Otherwise you're going to make time for your illness or your weakness later. Yeah. Makes sense. Terrific. Hey, uh, Ben, that was, uh, we covered ground, quite a lot of ground in terms of your, where it started, you know, uh, you know, how you've been pursuing the core of your journey and where you're headed. So thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, kind of moving to the last part of our conversation, which is a fun Q&A round that I have with my guests. So are you ready for that? Yep, let's do it. Yes, all right. You're able to hear me, correct? Yes. Okay. I occasionally lose you, but hopefully it's still catching all, all what you said on the system. Okay. Uh, okay. Here we go. My first question, which is, which is a question that I ask all my guests, which is my favorite question is, what is your favorite junk food? Oh, 
would have to say Reese's peanut butter cups. I'll I'll eat a whole bag of those in a in a heartbeat. I had uh, I had another guest who who said that because uh, you know he's a he's a senior runner. He's like seventy plus. Uh, he does sub three marathons, and uh, he said the same thing. Uh, <laughs> Gene Dykes. Uh, so his favorite was also Reese. Your favorite uh, pre race meal? You know, I honestly don't have one. I I, <laughs> I just try whatever my wife makes. That is my favorite meal. Um, I I can't say I have one. I, I I do like to make sure I don't really carb load per se. I just kind of make sure I'm not at a deficit because I'm mm-hmm. kind of on the belief you can't like if your gas tank's full you can't just dump gas on the car and make it get more. Um, I'm just making sure I'm not at a mm-hmm. deficit. But I do like to if it is something I'm like hey I've been like I've been nailing my diet maybe um, maybe I might be a little bit low. Let's make sure I have like a baked potato or something something that's you know a good amount. Um, but otherwise, uh, I've had very little performance correlation with what I eat. Sometimes it's like, man, I ate at Sonic the day before and had this amazing race. Um, and then times where I ate really well, it was like, well, I didn't have, you know, so, but I mean, I generally, I just try to eat clean. That's just my goal, um, leading into a race. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, do you, do you like to read? Do you read, do you enjoy reading? I wish I did more. Um, okay. I just was never a fast reader. So, so it is tough. Okay. So I have a question. So you could either uh, say in terms of your either a favorite uh, book or a movie that inspires you or inspired you. Oh, man, that's, that's tough because there's so many uh, that it could be. Pick one. All right. I, um, just, and, and this isn't like any, uh, oh God, still, still hard. I would say one of my favorite ones that really just gets me is like, uh, remember the Titans, um, how just watching a team Mm. come together. And I mean, I can watch that movie a lot, just all this adversity and pushing through it. And then even though everyone almost wants to see them pulled apart they still stick together um i say it's just inspiring in that sense to for me like i can watch it and almost get like i might watch it during like hard bike intervals and almost get a little bit emotional just watching it just because i'm in pain but then i say it's like a a similar pain like we're both suffering there kind of thing i don't know um (laughs) this is the first one that kind of popped in my head there sure makes sense Thanks. Uh, what is your preference to train? Sunrise or sunset? It's sunset now. Um, like I said, sunset. I like to work out after. I like at work out after work. Um, mm. I am trying to make that adjustment because I don't have that time to shifting to the morning. But that has just mm. been. It used to be both, but now it has. To, when it has to be one, I'm okay. like, okay, let me. So, but I like actually somewhere like. Not super late, not super super early. So like weekends, I'll work out like at nine o'clock, um, take my time getting up, mm. and then I prefer to be like before dinner. So it's kind of in in that more middle mm. window that I like. Yeah. If I had all the time in the world, I would like work out at nine a.m. and then like four p.m. That would be like if I had all the time in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um. Complete this thought. Someone really needs to design a better what? Power meter for swimming. No, I'm, I'm a power. I'm a power geek. I love to see power. I'd love to see power numbers swimming. Um, again, again, that's off the top of my head. Uh, I, nice. I, I say I'm a, da- I'm a data have, geek. Sorry, go ahead. I say I'm a data geek. Yeah. Um, they, they do actually. Those, uh, I, they do. Uh, I actually, my trainer that I swim on, the swim trainer gives me power, but I say it'd be kind of cool to, to get it to where it could be accurate in the water. Um, again, it'd be really hard there. I, there probably is something that's similar to it, but I said, that'd be my one thing that I think would be really yeah. cool. Terrific. Cool. Hey, you did well. Thanks for sharing a bit more about yourself with us in the Q and a, uh, we're coming to 
wrap up here. Uh, I want to give you the last word in the show. Uh, any final comments to the audience? You know, just pick something and, and go for it. Uh, don't be afraid of failure because it's really not a failure. Uh, if you put the process in beforehand, don't think that a DNF or a, you know not finishing is a failure. You're going to be better off for what you did. And I think that's the biggest thing we can take away, uh, whether I, you know, adults, kids, everyone, you know, they, they get afraid of that failure. Um, you know, that's, that's part of life. But again, if it's, if your fitness is getting better, you didn't fail. So that'd be my, you know, biggest thing just for anyone were to take anything away from this. Terrific. Great message. Hey, Ben, thanks a lot for, again, uh, taking your time out and sharing yourself in the show. Um, I'll let you go ahead and enjoy the rest of the evening. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, we'll stay in touch.